Hey guys, welcome back to the Parent Podcast. Here we are in for part two of our high school breakout session. And we have with us Mr. Gustavo Angulo. You said it right. (laughs) I have to watch myself. I want to throw in a P in there. And and you can't not say his name with intensity. I was Gustavo Angulo. Yeah, it's a good name. Yes, it's a great name. That's awesome. And so we're just wrapping up. Just some of the most surprising things about this phase of high school, and we started talking a little on the first part, but here in the second, um, going into that, again, I think we talked about some surprising things, just how you can live um, and just the successes of of this phase, but is there anything that sticks out for you as the, the most surprising? Um, absolutely, and, and one of the things that you were saying before uh, on the surprises, and we were kind of mentioning before, mm-hmm. um, for me, even though I recognize in my own life how much social pressure was there kind of pushing you to do certain things, maybe because of social media, I recognize these guys, they don't have a stop of that social pressure all the time. And so that's something that surprised me, you know, how much I thought there was not going to be. I thought that we were going to be able to kind of provide a safer environment for our children, you know, that kind of deal. Nicole and I were very much in tune of what we want. And to kind of come and find out that that was not the case, you know, that that was one of the surprises for me. The other thing is like the places that I expected, they were not going, they were going to be safe. They were not as I expected they were going to be safe, you know, and, 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 and maybe part of that is my own reality check on on um, kind of modulating my expectations. Does that make sense? It's like, yeah. yeah, you need to be realistic on all of this kind of stuff. But the idea of, of recognizing that maybe um, Uncle Joe's house was not the safest place that you thought it was going to be. Right, gotcha. because you're thinking, well, his family should be safe, and then to kind of come and recognize it was not. Right, and so now you gotta kind of be a little bit more on the lookout. You know, the idea that even school, we have a wonderful school. It's a phenomenal school with beautiful right. people, but just kind of recognize that within this stuff, there's places that they're not as safe as I was expecting. Right, and so for me, that was a surprising. For this stage, you know, you were thinking, oh, this is a beautiful Christian environment. It's just kumbaya, Lord, all the time. <laughs> and find out that it's not, you know. Right. And so it is just these These are like the surprising things for me. The other thing that surprises me is that they challenge me more than I expected they were going to be challenging me, mm-hmm. you know. They are very smart. They know that they have a very intense dad, you know. They recognize, <laughs> but nonetheless, they challenge me all the time. And so that just was a surprising. And then... That once again, what you saw, you rip, right? I remember making fun of my dad and never mm-hmm. making fun of me. <laughs> and like, I, how could they? I never what thought do they I have. <laughs> oh, man. What is there? I mean, yeah. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and so from losing my hair to my accent, and I'm like, dude, you know, like, I'm going to reach at you. And, but, but that's absolutely fine. I just kind of recognize and think, yeah, I do that, too. No, Wait, they, they make fun of you for losing your accent? No, <laughs> no, no, for losing my hair oh, and for hair. my accent. Oh, I thought you said, oh, okay. I thought you said losing your hair and losing your accent. I was like, man, I think your accent's pretty yeah, good. So they right do, now. they do. They do. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but once again, I think, and I mentioned to you before, uh, on the most important things that, that I'm surprised is that it's not them who need to learn. 
but it's me mm, who needs to learn. Much. I mean, it's just like constantly. And I'm going to tell you, I was involved in church. I mentioned to you that I met Nicole at church. So I was involved in church since I was, I mean, like full time, seven days a week, yeah. four hours a day since I was 16, right? And I was um, a teacher for for children, and I was a counselor for teenagers. I was involved with the uh, worship team, and I was involved. I mean, I lived in there, right? And so I was exposed a lot to dealing with children and youth, and, and so I love that. And yeah. I thought, oh, I have it. I have it. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. easy. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right. Easy. You are the children's <laughs> pastor, right? And you're thinking, oh, that should qualify. You are right. the youth pastor. Right, that should right. qualify. And then to come find out, it's like, Nope. When they're your children, it's so different, and you got to adjust to that. And so this idea that it was me who had to learn, and it was not them, it has been surprising for me. It's just, uh, it's, it's difficult. And then sure. the last thing is that they do listen, and, and, and they do care for what you say. You know, many times you're thinking, oh, they're not listening to me. They're not going to do that. And they, they roll their eyes at you like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. It's like what if dad? Yeah, I know, I know. Fine, I know, dad. Fine, you know. You're but losing your hair, dad. What do you know? <laughs> You've got an accent, dad. What do you know? <laughs> right. I'm still paying your bills, boy. That's right. That's what and I. Insurance know. comes from me, son. <laughs> but um, but the idea that even under all of these, uh, Nicole and I, we we have fought enough for them to still remain caring and loving to us, you know? Yeah, I mean, right. this idea of Nicole laughs at me because I do have an expectations that my children are going to come and, and, and they come to the house and they need to come and say hi. They just don't come. They wake up and they need to come and see me, you know? It's, right. it's more like... I like that. And for me, yeah. this idea that I kind of relate because it's going to be easier for them down the road to say, the first thing I need to do in the morning is just connect to the father, right? It's, it's just this idea. It's just, just because it's the right thing, you know? It's the idea of respect of God. You love him. Mm-hmm. He's kind to you. But by golly, you, you still need to. And so then once That's again, awesome. this is a little bit of a cultural thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just the, the expected thing. Yeah. But Nicole was just like, and, 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 and so that's one of those things that I do love that my children steal are willing to show me care and love in, in most circumstances. That's so awesome. I do. I do. Well, and that takes the investment of you the, all their life being that same um, nurturing dad. I mean, you can't just be the hard, you know, the one who wins every game and, the, you know, the, right. the one yeah. who doesn't teach the lesson. So obviously this is this is the investment, like you said, paying out here and seeing that in them. And that's that's what you live for, because they have their free will there. Well, you can great raise them the way. You know, you want to your whole life, and and then they're going to still do their go their own way, and you know, pray that God is in that testimony for sure. But that's such a sweet thing. I and I know having a twelfth grade, I'm by no means an expert, but with the four kids and being in all phases right now, elementary, middle, and high school, um, and thank God preschool's behind us. <laughs> but um, I, with my first child, he was so challenging that I needed to read Power of a Praying Parent. Like I needed this for Grant. Like he, he needed, I needed it for him. But what I found out was I, I was opening the pages of the Bible, opening up this book that was leading my heart. I realized it was all about fixing me first before I could ever infect effect anything with them mm-hmm. and um it w- really was the the hang up you know that it was all me and so having those eyes to see you know what i needed to change to 
affect their life was a good thing from the start with my first one. So I'm thankful for that uh, power of a praying parent by Stormy O'Martian. But um, I always think Martin or Martian, but I think she says it Martian, oh, really? which is so weird for me. I always call yeah, it Martin. Cause, that's that's what I say too. But the, um, oh, what was I going to say then? Um, after power of a praying parent, um, I just know that, that now I just feel like, um, you know, we're on this precipice of, of graduation and uh, all of that. And so I, I just, I, I see him as the example in our home to our other three. Right. And so I can see my second boy modeling himself after him, talking to his sister mm-hmm. the way yeah. sometimes I've seen Grant. So those little things still come out. They're not mm-hmm. perfect. Right, but right, um, right. that's now, why it's just a constant. Like parenting is exhausting. Uh, kind of <laughs> stepping on the side a little bit. It's always so interesting that I am the youngest and I am so sorry for the firstborn. <laughs> Because we do <laughs> experiment, we oh, try. Yeah. They're we the guinea exp- pigs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And I'm sorry for then. And God, I'm so sorry <laughs> oh. for what you know. Was, so you're the baby. I am the youngest. I'm the baby until I, my brother came in and I was the first one. That's funny. Until he messed it. I bet. I, I bet you remember that day. Too. I was like, not. Mm. I loved my brother. Yeah, I was yeah. his mother. I, I'll say one last thing before we go on to this next question. Is you know when we talk about. Uh, being surprised, you know, that the old hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone mm-hmm. to leave the God I love, like this sinful nature that we have mm. always pushes us away from God. And so it's this constant battle. And, and we know this, even when you get saved, we still have this sinful nature while we're here on earth. Mm-hmm. And so it's this constant fight between do I follow what the Holy Spirit guides me to do or do I give in to my sinful nature? And so, you know, when you talk about parenting and stuff, it's we shouldn't be surprised when our kids are running into the guardrails, when they're trying to run off the road, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's our job to, to kind of put them back on, you know, try to say, okay, hold on. You, you, if this guardrail wasn't here, you would have driven off the road and crazy things. So we're just going to kind of gear you back there. Now, that's easier said than done, right? When your kid messes up, you, you don't probably, you're not thinking, well, they were gonna, they're sinners anyway, so this is okay, <laughs> right? But 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 I think, and I imagine you guys would probably agree. It's like it does it does help me to realize, okay, my kids they're gonna make mistakes. They're gonna do things differently than I'm gonna do them. But it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that we we stay. I, I like that you said the word. Uh, I think consistent, right? And you got to stay consistent. How many times as parents have we been hypocritical, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, right. and and we we would all admit this, right? Uh, don't do that. And then for me, it was like. Maura, get off of that iPod, you know? I don't want you doing this. And then I'm at dinner texting people, and she's like, Dad, remember what you said? And I'm like, Firstborn. <laughs> and so, so yeah, it is funny. You know, I was, I've always heard that the best way to learn something is to teach it, right? Because mm-hmm. when you're teaching somebody, you have, to, you have to really know what you're talking about. I feel this way in youth ministry. When, whenever I'm preaching on a subject, I'm like, I'm just expecting kids are going to ask me questions about this subject, right. and then I'm like, man, I really need to learn it. And mm-hmm. and parenting is the same way, right? How how do we tell our kids to follow Jesus if we're not doing it ourselves? Right. And so so consistency is huge. So it is awesome. And they see all our mistakes, you know, which is we, we, I can pretend with you right now that I got it all made and my children <laughs> are good. No, no, they know. Oh, they they might be listening to this like <laughs> the next time they're gonna be like, I know you dad. That's right. not true, you know? Yeah. Right. So the difficulty is just that consistency at home. I'm I'm with you and the recognizing and then realizing that one, we don't know everything. 
right. and that we just kind of level with them. Absolutely. Yeah. When when I apologize to my kids, mm-hmm. it shows because because this is something that my wife and I've been trying to do lately. Where it used to be that if I did something wrong or if I overreacted to them not getting ready for school on time. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, they should have been ready on time. And 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 what I'm teaching them is that it's okay to overreact in the morning. Mm. And so my wife and I made this like, I mean, it was a, an effort to just say, we're not going to lose our cools and we're not going to lose our minds in the morning and we're just going to do this. And now when I get upset with them, I'll apologize on the car ride. And what that is doing is showing my kids that I don't claim to be perfect, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's a relief off of our shoulders because it's hard to live perfection. You know, this is, it, it, we know it's impossible. Only one person did it, right? Jesus Christ. Right. And so if, if I do think there's benefit to our kids, like when we apologize and show, hey, there's going to be times where we, we run into the guardrails, you know, where, where we are making mistakes. I think showing that to the kids is a, is a huge thing because your kids are like, oh, Wait, even mom and dad are not perfect? Okay. And then it does, it does, again, it's that equity thing you were talking about. You know, when you can build up that equity with your kids, it, it will, it'll pay off in the long run. So. Let me just say something to that because it just happened a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's something that I'm working on is this idea of recognizing when you are bad, when, when you're doing wrong, right? And, but at the same time, at the beginning, well, sometimes you feel like if you do that, you're going to lose respect from your children because then you're like, well, I was wrong. Therefore, your children are going to say, well, you have mistakes. What yeah. am I going to follow you? But it's actually the opposite. When you're doing it honestly, when you're just going to happen that way. And then the important part with that, too, is that you're giving them that that background of importance of saying, no, what you said or what you did was okay in what I say and what I did. It was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think that validates them as an individual mm-hmm. and you don't lose no face or no authority as a parent when you do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you lose authority and face in so many other things that we think we're not. But right. when you kind of present yourself into that level, because ultimately they know that they see that effort and, you know, you're like, you know what? Chill. I'm chill. You know, right. but I said it was wrong. I'm sorry. Right. You're right. You know, whatever that is. We still cannot do certain things, right? We, we still, but what you did, it was okay. And what yeah. I did was wrong. It's it's a realistic image of the gospel, right? The gospel is only here because Jesus came and died for a reason. It's that we're not perfect. You know, right. I mean, if we were perfect, he wouldn't have needed to die on the cross, right? Yeah. And so, so when we show, we even make mistakes. You're you're showing an accurate picture of, of God that. Right hey, God will forgive me no matter what I do, as long as I genuinely seek forgiveness. That's amazing. And then, I mean, if, if, you, if, if you're constantly beat down with legalistic rules right. and stuff, then you're going to say, what's the point? I can't achieve this. Right. There's, so so why not? Right. This is why they say, uh, what is it? Um, uh, like kids that, are, ki- kids that have such a strict upbringing, they typically become rebels. Mm-hmm. I've seen it so many times in church where if you're too legalistic with your kids, um, they'll break the rules, and it's that mindset of, well, I can't, I can't do it anyway. So right. why not have fun? Right. <laughs> you know, I have fun doing it, and then they realize that sin is fun. You know, I mean, that's the the the, the nature of sin. It's it's lure, they lure, it lures you in. It's it's um, it, it like tries to satisfy your appetites, your sinful appetites and stuff. And so, it's like, man, you know, like we're gonna do our best. 
But thank the thank God Jesus died on that cross for us because now no matter what mistakes we make, there's always the arms of the Father, and then and obviously the arms of the earthly Father, which which would be parents and, and, and mothers. So, yeah, that's good. So we're gonna go ahead and finish with the. I'm gonna combine these last yeah. two questions into one because okay. I want to respect your time, Gustavo. Yeah. And 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 we said this. Oh, I dropped my phone. Sorry. <laughs> we said this earlier. That uh, I could talk to you for like four hours, so uh, so this that's why it's <laughs> hard to keep this. <laughs> we like to talk. Yeah, can, right. can you just call off work today? Absolutely. Stuff? Okay, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's do these last two questions. So, essentially, kind of comes down to uh, as parents, like, what is uh, what do you wish that every parent knew about this phase? I guess if we could just kind of give a real quick answer to that, something you wish, which to be honest, I think a lot of that was answered in those first two <laughs> right, questions. Right. There's a lot of good stuff there, and then the last one is. What can we best do to support a kid during this phase? Your advice, what, what do you suggest as a parent of a high schooler? How can we best support these high schoolers? Uh, one of the things is that I, I've heard sometimes saying, well, they don't, wanna, they don't want me around. I'm going to give them the space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly the opposite that we need to do. Yes, you need to give them their space, but you're always there. This is not the time when they hit the teenager, 16, 17, 18, and in a way, they're like, you know, I don't want to hear, this is not the time, but this is the time to, yeah, sure, give them the space, but you're still there. You right. know, just like the other day I was telling them, I have invested so much in you. You're my biggest investment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm going to look at you with an eagle eye, you know. Oh, yeah. That's one of the things. And then the other things is educate ourselves. I think that's one of the most important realizations, going to a parent, talking to other parents, just kind of really questioning yourself because it's all about, it is about we being prepared to prepare them. Yeah, that's, right. that's really good. That's really good. I spent, um, I think, 11 years in youth group preparing for this. <laughs> I, did, I had middle schoolers and elementary kids and preschoolers, and I feel like I, I got eyes to see on the mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. But even that has changed in the last five, six years, COVID kind of changed the difference in the mental state of these kids and what they're into and just our sexual craze culture of, of what it is. And then the self culture that is so, I mean, it's always been about self in this phase, I feel yeah, like right. in this high school, definitely middle school, they're so worried about what they look like. And then in high school, it kind of is the ripple effect of that. But you know, that pride and selfishness is so heavy right now. Yeah, And we are training them to have eyes on the world a little bit to, to go out and get eyes off yourself and more on people. But, um, I don't know. I think that prepa- preparation is so key because ignorance yeah. is bliss, but the return is not good. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, our culture has done a very good job at the divide between younger and, and older people. Right. Um, if you think about it, like, and I, I was reading a book about this once, I don't remember when, but there, there, there was a shift in advertising where they realized that the younger audience was the way to go, you know, especially with a lot of certain things. If you appeal to younger audiences, then they're going to beg their parents to get it and stuff. And then, and then MTV came out where it was like, this is just for kids. This is good music just for kids. Forget the adults. And kind of this divide happened where uh, I've told the story before about how like, um, you know, some, I I hadn't, I gotta be careful how I say this. I had somebody in my ministry um, that, that questioned me inviting this 60 year old lady to help out in youth ministry. She goes, she's too old. What can she tell to these kids? And, I, and, and in my mind, I wanted to be like, that's exactly what the devil wants. Mm-hmm. Who, who do young people need? They need seasoned 
Christians, like good, mature Christians who can speak into their lives. And, you know, when you think about COVID, the isolation that happened during COVID is the worst thing. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're, I mean, teenagers, that's why we tried to get back to church for youth group as soon as we could. I was like, it's no good for these kids to be on their phones all day at home and and just being away from people and stuff. And and so this isolation, it can happen. I, I love your advice about um, you know, when they want that personal space, to a degree, that's that, that's true. We got to kind of back off a little bit, but but I know a lot of parents who will just completely say, "I'm just going to kind of let them figure it out on their own." Right. And I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> no, this is the season to you, you've inject. got yeah, you've got the wisdom, so you've got the the knowledge." And I always tell people, even if you've made a ton of mistakes in the past, your kids can learn from those. Oh you know, I mean, you know that as an adult. Some of the some of the best lessons I learned in life were from mistakes I made. You know, and I'm like, man, I don't know that I would have learned this if I had not made this mistake. Don't start you know? me on that. That's another two hours of conversation right there, minimum. Uh-huh. Wait, you've made mistakes, Gustavo? No way. <laughs> I pledged the fifth. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. Well, let's 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 just really quickly. Uh, how can we best support a kid during this phase? Um, um, you know what? I, I always have a couple of things. One. It is, and I'm not going to go into the, 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 the reason why I come here, but is the idea of expect of them a lot to empower them, empower them more, but love them the most. Mm. You know, I think that that's, is... That's tweetable. That is. That's a t-shirt. The, yeah. the next one is the <laughs> congruency of actions. I mean, at the end, how can you support more a child is, you were saying it just before, right? They need mature Christians. And sometimes we have confused with mature Christians with people who might be um, uh, just legalistic. Mm-hmm. That is that is not a mature Christian. A mature Christian is one that is congruent with what he's saying, with what he's doing, mm-hmm. right? Because they can say, well, I see what you say, but I, I hear what you say, but I see what you do, mm-hmm. you know? And so that idea it is so important. And then the other one is, yes, I do. I know that in these times in which we are giving our children's trophy for participations, it's difficult to kind of expect big of your children, right? Because at one point I having this conversation at work, somebody says, well, you're going you're gonna to make them really angry at you and they're going to hate you and they're going to live home. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, are they right? This is that moment of self-education, right, in which you're sitting down and thinking, are they right? Is what they're telling me true? And then I realized that that is not true into this level. I look back in my own life, and I remember my parents were very, their expectations were high. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I don't hate my parents. I love them. I I hold them to the highest regard for what they did for me. And what I realized what they were doing with us is exactly that. They were expecting from us a lot, but then they were working so hard to empower us to kind of deliver that. And then at the end, they were loving us the most. It was that, and I just heard this in a movie not too long ago, a couple of days ago with my boys, and I look at them and we were laughing, in which they say, there's no mistake you have that is bigger than the love that I have for you. There's, there's no mistake you can do that is bigger than the love that I have for you. Right. And at the end, that's what it is. Yes, sure, I have high expectations of my children because if you don't, then I think it's a disservice to what God has gave them, Mm -hmm. to what the amazing power of God 
But then at the same time, if there's no love, then really you're going to make them, right? If you expect a love and yep. you don't love them, then you're going to make some angry dude, some frustrated fellow, so mad girl that is going to find uh, acceptance with somebody else, yep. right? And yep. if you love them a lot into what we think it's a lot, but you don't have expectations of them, then they're going to they're not going to have the frame to like, well, then I don't have to do nothing, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay, I can yeah. live. And I can I see that. And so I think the best formula is to do that. That's real. I good. think, once again, my opinion. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it's all good stuff. It's that's fun. that's really good. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for being mm -hmm. here. I know I know you gotta go to work now, but mm -hmm. uh but we'll bring you in for another podcast sometime oh, where we can man. we can do our six hour one that we talked about. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. All right. Yeah. Well, Gustavo, again, we thank you so much, Chrissy. Uh thank you. as always, thank you for hosting with me. And uh A pleasure. Yeah, and, and stay tuned. We got more podcasts coming. And uh as always, parents. Uh, stick with it. Love God first, then love your spouse, and then love your kids, right? Mm -hmm. And Gustavo, real quick, why don't I think a great way to end it would be to can you repeat that that um, that slogan that you said? I know the last <laughs> one was love. Uh, what, what, why don't you say it? What was it again? Expecting of them a lot, mm -hmm. empowering them more, but loving them the most. That's really good. And and I'm not sure anything else needs to be said after that. I think that's really good. So. All right. Well, thank you guys for, for uh, paying attention and tuning in, and we'll see you next time on The Parent Podcast.